Welcome, welcome to another great episode. We have another great guest on the show. We have Ali Al Asadi with us. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're Appreciate welcome. It. Ali, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in the, the industry and who do you serve? Well, I, uh, I came to the U.S. in 1995 as a refugee from Iraq and uh, I, was, uh, I worked in a nonprofit organization for about four years, uh, help a refugee resettle in the U.S. Then honestly, I got tired of the nonprofit and I wanted to switch to the profit. <laughs> and I, while I was still working in the nonprofit organization, I bought my first investment profit, which was a fourplex. And uh, from there, you know, I really enjoyed the investment world of real estate. And in 2003, I got my green, uh, I got my real estate license. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess in your, your, your business right now, who are the people you typically serve? Is there typical kind of person or particular area you're serving right now? Or? Uh, we uh, serve everyone. Um, the majority of my clients came, you know, either refugees or immigrant who came. Um, they speak, I serve clients that speak about 25 different languages. Um, but also we serve anyone who appreciate our services. Makes know. sense. So yeah. that 25 languages, do you speak many <laughs> do of I those? Speak how many? How many? How many? Absolutely <laughs> not. I speak several dialects and I can do it well. I can do it in Egyptian and I have the curly hair. I can pass for an Egyptian guy. Um, I'm from, I was born in Iraq, so that's definitely um, my main language and uh, my main dialect, you know. Um, I know a little bit of Spanglish, you know, no sense. <laughs> I know how to say hello in many languages. And I know how to say sign here in many languages. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Important things, right? Yes. So, um, your language, um, Iraq, what's the, what's the language, is it, what's the language called, I guess? It was Arabic. Arabic. So, it's yeah, Arabic. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, growing up in, uh, in Iraq, I wanted to touch a little bit about that. Um, you say you got here in 95 um, mm -hmm. as a refugee, so, uh, of course, the first Gulf War. Um, tell me a little bit about that. What was your, your upbringing like? Who, who were your role models? What, what, what directed you? Well, I, um, my father was against, uh, I mean, we grew up in Iraq. I, you know, I'm a one of uh, nine uh, siblings. Uh, my father was the main provider, and he served in the Iraqi military or army for 32 years. He was in the medical field, so we learned a lot about moving you know, with him, because as he moved, we move. Um, and role model, I think he's one of the first role model in my life. Um, and uh, I remember some stories, like, uh, oh, things of him, like, you know, I saw a guy one time walking funny, you know, because he has hip problem. And it looks, to me, it was funny, because it looks almost like he's dancing. And my dad was like, uh, Ali, you need to thank God that you don't have his problems, so you gotta appreciate what you have. And that's what, the, this constant lesson, because he'll always take me with him, and um, you know, and then growing up with two older brothers, and you know, I was, you know, what they call it, like, uh, they always uh, trick me into things, like uh, go buy us a box of uh, shadow bucket. <laughs> like, what is shadow bucket? So, yeah, and then moving forward to the Gulf War, there was an uprising happening in Iraq in 1991. I was part of that. And, um, and then after that, we have to move to a refugee camp. 
to be protected from the brutal dictatorship of Saddam Hussein at that time. So, you know, we moved to the south, and then after we were airlifted to go to a third uh, country, and then we got processed to come to the U.S. So, you were you personally involved in the uprising? Were you kind of uh, on the ground doing some things there? Yeah, I was a freedom fighter. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was part of the uprising. Um, you know, it was mostly, mostly like to change the system from mm -hmm. dictatorship to um, a democ democracy, you know, um, something equivalent to what the U.S. is. Right. Iraq was under a uh, uh, temporary constitution for about 36 right. years. So we want to change that. So this way you learn what's your right here, you know, like. In the U.S., if you get in trouble, the first thing is you, you get oh, rid of your rights. You know, it's like you have rights. And there, it's like, yeah, absolutely no rights. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess, as a, a young man, you're, you're getting involved with that. What was it that touched you that made you want to personally be involved and in, in risk your, yourself? Well, I, honestly, my dad was the biggest influencer, you know. Uh, my father and my oldest brother, you know, uh, they both were executed. And, um, you know, feeling like my brother was a lawyer. So if, in fact, like you're a lawyer in a country and you cannot defend yourself mm -hmm. or you cannot have fair trial or face your accuser, you know, whatever that might be. But in the dictatorship countries, you know, like, um, if you were charged for anything, you're guilty. So that's done deal. The rest is just a show, you know. Um, I'm, I, I'm a, I love humanity, you know. I hate war. I, I love peace, you know. And um, one, another thing like the dictator was doing was just like, you know, they attacked Kuwait, you know, that was a war. There was an eight-year war with Iran, and then war against the Kurd, and you know he sprayed them with chemical weapons. Um, uh, so all these factors, I, I think, it, it still influenced me today in my thinking and my approach to people. Um, again, I mean, the human element is is the basis for every uh, philosophy I have, every thinking I have. You know, because you take the human element out of anything, and everything else is justified. Right, that's that is true. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking with one of my coworkers earlier, um, just about the perception that we as Americans have on the rest of the world, and how the rest of the world has on us, and we may not even know what that is. Right. So I just wanted to touch base on that a little bit. Just coming, um, you know, being there and seeing America from the outside, and then seeing it from the inside. Would you just touch a little bit on that? What? what Absolutely, that was? it's an excellent question. Um, I personally didn't learn how Americanized I become um, until I travel abroad. Um, when I came to the U.S. 2005, I traveled to Europe and um, and I learned how Americanized I become because I'm treating, I'm dealing with everybody in the same way the Americans do in America, including, you know, standard of care when you go to a restaurant, you know. And, I remember we were in Paris, and um, and I told the, the person who was serving us, like, hey, you know, it's, it's almost ignored us. And she's like, where are you from? And I said, well, I came from the U.S. And, and she said, yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> 
And uh, she said, in our cultures, basically, we cannot just keep coming every two seconds. It's like, hey, do you need anything else? Do you want something else? And, and she said, that in our culture, this is almost a code to leave. And I'm like, oh, um, I didn't know that. <laughs> Interesting. So versus like in the US, you know, where people serve you, it's like it constantly you feel like you're taken care of, like you need a drink, you need dessert, right. you need that. Um, when you live overseas, you, the biggest thing I've seen is people don't know how to differentiate between what the government is doing or what the average person is doing. I made that distinction only when I came to the U.S. and I learned that there is a separation, um, including things like the war, you know, right. and how, people, how many people opposed the war in Iraq in 2003. And people took it to the street, you know. And, uh, and but for the Iraqis, for somebody who never left the country, you know, they don't differentiate between the average person. And that's why you've seen some vic people fall victim because these people represent, you know, might be a private company or even private contractor, you know, and but to the average local, like this is represent a country, you know. So that's, I think, the biggest or the, the main um, uh, distinction I, I learned to make. But I, again, you know, and sometimes also we don't know how much we change until we go back. Like I, went back to Iraq in 2007, and, and one of the things my sister noticed, like, Sakali are very direct now, because, you know, in our culture, it's like, if I want to ask you for money, then I'll tell you this long story about how the car <laughs> broke down, and my children are sick, and the rent is due, and then you get, you know, the... Get the point. They, you get the point. So, hey, do you need, <laughs> do you need to borrow money? Well, Americans say, can you borrow me money? I'll return it on Monday. Right. <laughs> so that's, right. The, that's the big differences. Man, I appreciate that. That's and it's just little, slight little differences that could set off a, a war, really, right? Just little things, Absolutely. little things. Yeah. I, pre I really do appreciate that that True. perspective. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I always like to ask, you know, you know, as as a kid. You're trying to help out with the family. You're trying to find yourself, and uh, one of the ways that you do is, you know, sell, or selling things or or trying to make a living somehow. Yeah. Um, what would be a, a unique way you've you've gone about doing that? Well, my dad was a military man, so <laughs> <laughs> his idea of learning how to sell things is, uh, you come work with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So it was a lot of that. He uh, he was a man of many trades. He did electric, plumbing, um, and both of my oldest brother, they also were in the building industry. Uh, but my dad was also like, he was a tailor. That was his side job. And he did the, like the military uniform, which is very difficult. It takes somebody who's really skillful. But I was going there with him, just ironing pieces. It's like, hey, you iron this. I'm like, okay, what else I do? I iron this one. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of that, and then I get a few cents during the day, you know. Just helping out dad, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> I already grew up. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Teaching is always something in my passion. I, I love to share with people my knowledge, and um, I, you know, like... Uh, I like to give things 100% before I move the next thing. Like, I, I did poetry, I, I 
you know, I paint, you know, and all that. But I think teaching is the biggest thing, like, um, even in real estate, you know, I'm still doing real estate full time, but, you know, I'm, I'm building toward becoming, you know, an instructor, maybe a national speaker. Um, and that's why I wrote the Healthy Home class. Right. So I, I guess that's, I love that, I love that teaching. and we, we can all do that, right? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that class. Um, what is it that, I guess, what inspired you to create this type of a content where it's okay. focused on the earth and, and green and health? Absolutely. Um, I think there's learning gap between, you know, I mean, you can, if you go now and search for any course, you, you'll find all kind of courses. Um, but I can guarantee that you cannot find a course built for real estate by a real estate agent uh, that connect the dot between our health and our home. My background is in sustainability and I was one of eight realtors in Arizona to get the green designation. And from there, you know, I thought, hey, I go now, and I'm a warrior, now I go change the world, you know, and I learn when you speak green, people, or the world is not ready to be changed. Right. Because that's another thing you learn about the U.S., things, the change can happen, but it's very slowly. And uh, I thought, you know, there might be a better alternative than saying the word green, and I thought health is, could be a very good angle to go through it. Because I think when we talk about the word green, it could be associated with political right. agenda or foreign agenda. These right. people want right. to take your jobs and you know all that spiel about it. But in health, I don't think those two will dispute what health is. The only thing is uh, the the general perception about health, like when I say the word health, uh, most people will associate with food, like nutrition or exercise, but almost never connect the dot between health and home. And that's what I really, what I'm trying to do in this course, you know, I'm trying to do, um, to teach real estate agent that health is mentioned in a number of ways. And the inspection period, in the seller disclosure statement, in building code, in the purchase contracts, and, and I connect all these elements, you know, together in the course. Hey, that's, that's cool. And, you know, I guess I never even thought about it that way, that the inspection really is a, a health report in, exactly. some, in some instances. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to think of that. Um, so I guess um, with this course, uh, what, what was the brainchild like? What why that? Why this? Why this particular thing? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think the main thing is just because it was not done before. Um, it, you know, if you go to a builder now and say, hey, I want to build a healthy home, most likely the builder doesn't know what you're talking about. The same thing with the majority. We have about 60,000 agent owners. And go and ask them, say, hey, I want to buy a healthy home. Would they know? what you're looking for or what they know where to find or what to look for, you know, to answer the question. Um, so, I mean, I, technically the course, you know, will answer that question, you know, like, yes, there is a, there's a certification program that addresses health issue in home. There is like an indoor air quality where we can focus on in the building process. There is a builder that adopt uh, it's called Indoor Air Plus Package, you know, and 
And these are the type of things. So once we are educated as we offer, definitely we can educate our clients. And then ultimately we will uh, serve our client better, make more money. Right, right. So where do you see that, I guess, this going? Where do you, where's your goal for it to be? Ultimately, I want to make this into a certification. So like maybe a two days course, because initially when I did the research, um, I compile a huge data, you know, once I just touched the word health, and that's such a complex issue because we're talking about the human body, the way the, uh, the lung function, uh, how can it affect our, our brain function. Um, Lead-based pain can slow growth, you know, in, in the children, and this is commonly we use the form very casually in, right. in the real estate, but really we don't know what's really the health effect of lead on people until we have something like what happened in uh, Flint, right. Michigan, right. you know, right. and um, there's area where it's condemned because of coal, you know, and uh, because coal is still building until today underground, and uh, that's in Centralia. So it's all these factors, so as again, like, um, the, the subject of health is very complex, so I don't think I can cover it in three hours and it's like, hey, you know, I'm an expert now in healthy home. So I was thinking maybe to do it in a segment of three hours, in a total maybe 24 hours worth of renewals that could be applied to a CE, and at the same time you still have probably, you know, I have a designation on the subject. So that's ultimately my goal. I like that. It's cool. I, I think it's, again, I think it's interesting because it, it isn't really talked about, but it really is crucial. It's Absolutely. Crucial. And we can definitely, like, uh, I work with a few physicians or people in the medical field, and it's interesting story. Like, I work with physician, and he was a little cell in his home, and then we start talking about this. Like, wow, I'm a physician and never thought about this. And he was very meticulous about his front yard, and I was, and I said, I'm gonna put a, um, a for sale sign in the front, and he's like, you're gonna make a hole in my ground? I said, no, I'm gonna make small incision. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's another thing we teach in those classes, like how to communicate, because you can speak different languages. I learned that as a, English is my second language, but there's so many languages. There's the legal language, there's the real estate language, there's the attorney's language, and uh, definitely there's the health language. I appreciate that. That's yeah. a, again, perspectives I didn't, I didn't think of taking there, so I appreciate that.